When I was younger, my music taste went only as far as my local Target and the extra change in my mom's budget. Today, the musical landscape has completely redefined what it means to be a consumer of music with the advent of streaming services and algorithmic playlisting. We often talk about how this paradigm shift has affected how we find music and how we value music, but something that's rarely talked about, at least in my experience, is about how the streaming platforms themselves affect the type of artists that populate their sites. Today on the show, Joetta and I talk all things streaming, sincerity, and community with my good friend and co-host of another hip-hop podcast, Mayron. As usual, we have a lot of gems to put you onto, but don't worry about writing anything down because, well, you made your mistake. Joanna, how are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Uh, I am. I'm angry at America's healthcare system, but that feels out of out of the pool for this podcast. Fair. Always, always, always angry. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm consistently mad. My only constant mood is is the hatred of capitalism. Uh, you know, my my two business degrees be damned. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the weather the weather's nice though uh, mo- uh a lot our listeners wouldn't know this obviously because i don't think we bring it up enough but you're based in ny and i'm based in in maryland so our weathers might be different what's your what's your weather looking like up there um it was a hailstorm maybe like 30 oh. minutes ago so we are having two different days i did open the window and like kind of stand in it dramatically because that's who i am but yeah you and I are not in the same vibe right now. How's the weather in Maryland? It 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 was it was a nice what sixty four, cloudy. It had all my it had my favorite color palette, like the color palette that I live for. I really realize now. I mean, I think it's I think it's just a human thing, but I I love me green, blues, and yellows together. And it wasn't until like I want to say the start of quarantine when I started like looking at outside like a new thing again because I hadn't seen it and so I would go so so long without seeing it. I was like, nah, you know what? No wonder I like that. It just it just looks like nature, uh, and like that that that's the skyline that I'm looking at. Uh, well, not right now because there's a door in my way, but like outside my window. We we um. I like I like today's show. I think today's show is a, is slightly different than what we've talked about so far because it's definitely one of our more meta conversations in which instead of talking about a genre or about specific musicians, we want to talk about how artists music themselves. And I wanted to to grab some help to 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 talk about this and I wanted I I had to reach out to the most knowledgeable person that I, the most knowledgeable person that I personally know that also was able to not make it sound boring talking about music and, and sort of the culture of music. So Mayron, why don't you introduce yourself to the Mixed Mag family? Hey, what's up y'all? Uh, I'm Mayron. I appreciate that intro. I'm glad I'm not too boring. Uh, I don't know how knowledgeable I actually am, but I, you know, I listen to a lot of music and I enjoy a lot of music. So that's just how it goes, I guess. Uh, yeah. So I used to be co-host of another hip-hop podcast, uh, which is currently taking a break. Maybe we'll come back soon, but it's pretty cool. All our old episodes are on YouTube and AudioMax still, so if you want to go search it there and, and have a listen, you can. Uh, shouts to Bria. I got a texture. And uh, shouts to the Trap Factory studio we record at. They're actually open, even though it's a pandemic outside, so if you need to record in the DMV, I would recommend you go there. Shouts to Tay and you know his baby child that was born relatively recently. Awesome. Awesome. So today what we want to talk about um, is how streaming services have 
were were made right to solve this problem between the the artist the creative and the consumer to like get get the art to the person but now through their kind of all in their overlordness their ubiquity i guess is probably the better word for it has now made it so we kind of make music or whatever uh a lot can be said for what your favorite platform is both as a listener and as a an artist putting stuff on the platform so we're gonna carve we're gonna cover like the three or sorry we're gonna cover about the four different types of platforms that i subjectively thought were were easy easily to cut into we're gonna talk about spotify and apple um audio mac and soundcloud Bandcamp, and then uh and then and then that was four yeah that was also four so you're good oh okay okay so i was good yeah and then maybe then maybe if we have time i'm just an accountant i never learned how to count uh then maybe if we have time i would like to talk about tiktok um and spoiler alert for anybody who's wondering why we're not mentioning title miscellaneous title uh (laughs) So I'm gonna get so much hate mail from type people, as you should, because um, it has the best quality out of all sound quality out of out of all the different streaming services. But I did want so I wanted to add something to your uh, to your intro there. You were talking about um, streaming services and sort of like their their ubiquity. I just want to make one point. But when we go into this conversation, just remember the history of streaming services. It came out of the fact that we were all stealing music for so long, right? That's that's how we ended up here. And streaming services were ultimately response to the fact that, like, I was born in 92, so I'm old, uh, I guess. People call me old for being born in 92, so that's that's what is what it is. It was basically born out of the fact that everyone in my generation was just like, all right, we're going we're gonna to take this for free because it's so much easier than going to a Target. And it's uh, so much more efficient to just have the entire album if we just go to Morpheus or Napster or LimeWire. And streaming services were a record industry response to that. So I just wanted to add that for context there. No, I think that I think that's super um, important context that, yeah, it is for as much as for as much as they run run our lives now. It's crazy to think that they were a solution to the to the to the LimeWire Napster drop drop off in like the thing that killed the CDs. We I mean, when you think about it, which also makes sense that streaming did kill the CD, but it didn't actually kill the CD. It was like reborn out of piracy killing killing cd sales uh i was i was watching a in, in preparation for this episode i was watching the video about streaming and about cd sales and they kind of were and it was done through the lens of music marketing so towards artists and they talked about the fact that like you just have to realize that do you remember how expensive cds were like how like how unsustainable the model really was 15 dollars sometimes like 12 dollars yeah, 21 dollars if you were if you were a triple yeah, a like it was crazy like and I was like, wow, the fact that I used to like purchase $15 discs for one album is, is kind and of crazy. And only for and one song also, that you liked off of them, right? Like, cause you didn't know how the rest of the song sounded. So off the, off faith, <laughs> yeah. off of, off the strength of the album color, album cover sometimes in like one good video on TRL or 106 and Park, depending on your demographic. But I think that all that, that actually like slides us perfectly into talking about Spotify and Apple, which like are our are, are new record stores for, for a lot of people. What, what do you think classifies, or I'll, I'll, I'll put it like this instead. For me, a Spotify user is, is about as, is, is as about as common as you, as you come, as, as you'll come across. Um, I think Spotify and Apple music have made it like so accessible to get all the music that you want, that they've changed the definition of curation. 
Uh, and what I mean by that is that it is very strange when I think about growing up, me at 24, I'm not that old, 96, but like I am existing at a threshold period where I had a big part of my childhood growing up with music looked at in one sort of way and then my young adulthood is now streaming. Makes me realize that now people just think they should have a lot of music, if that makes sense. It's like, if, if you want if you want to hear a song, if you want to think about even like trying different genres. If I want to get into reggae one, one day in 2001, hell, even 2011, I would have to like really like go out to a store, like link up with somebody who like could like show me what exactly should I be listening to. And I'd like have to go try out I'd have to go try out a, a reggae CD. And then nowadays it's just like, well, I can just use an algorithm playlist that can honestly just take my my liking one reggae song off of one of their workout playlists and be like, okay, yeah, I know what you want. And I think that Spotify for me is always, has always rep- represented for better, for worse. I don't even think uh, Spotify is wrong to do this, but like the uh, the Walmartification of of music or like the the alt making music all over the world extremely accessible and people then use it like that they kind of just take it and they and they go how do you guys feel about about spotify well disclaimer um or just yeah i feel like first off we should talk about when we talk about spotify and everything i mean i use spotify like i am i am a spotify user i am the spotify user that we're talking about this is what i look like um I mean, so am I. Too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, for, I'm cause I'm loyal, but I'm throwing it, but I'm throwing in Apple Music because you know, um, whatever. If y'all, if y'all yeah, I'm that. like, no, no Apple Music. Um, no, I do use it sometimes, but um, you know, I grew up with my dad's a musician, so I like he's always told me how much streaming is bad because they just don't pay artists, and like that's just the fact of it. So like, I feel like going into anything about that, like it's made for the consumer. It's made for, uh, like, it, like you said, it's made for, it came out of the fact that everyone was just like stealing music anyway. And the, like, even you were just saying, like, it's so much more convenient to just go like ha- have an algorithm make something for you. Um, but I think we, if like, you know, as we're all going into the world, just now streaming everything to know that it's like, you're, there are people suffering and it's all the people that you are listening to their music, um, which is kind of, a double-edged sword a bit but if we're talking about spotify that's a disclaimer pay your artists or find ways to pay your artists buy an album every once in a while go on Bandcamp, do what you can to support the people that you care about but i like spotify because <laughs> it has exposed me to a lot of different types of music that i wouldn't have before like you said um and i feel like a lot of that has to do with like, I feel like their features like Discover Weekly, for example, like I'm someone who especially back when I was like commuting to a lot of places, I would, um, you know, like I would just listen to my Discover Weekly on Monday and like find a whole new, a whole new shit to listen to and all this new music that I like. And that's something that I really like. And I'm also someone who makes a bunch of playlists. So that's kind of where all of that lives. Um, and I feel like Apple Music is kind of similar in that way. I don't really know if it has like, the extent of like this those specific features but I feel like the playlists they have and I mean I I mean I'm 22 like I grew up in 1999 like I'm the youngest one here so like I've I like my growing up with music was like I had my iPod I did have CDs in my CD player but then like I had my iPod for most of my life but I was like buying shit on iTunes all the time and my parents weren't mad at that because they were like buy music 
So that was like very specific to me maybe, but I would like be, I would be on the like top 100 and like know all the songs and have them in my library. Like in my, if you ever go on my old iPod, like that's all there. And I feel like that kind of transitioned into Spotify once that became a thing. And um, it's just like, I have, I don't know, I have like maybe 10, 11,000 songs on my saved stuff. Cause I've had it for years, but yeah, I don't really know what the question was. I feel like I went on a whole tangent. For sure, yeah. So I, th- I think the idea was like, how do you feel about Spotify? But I think you pretty much effectively communicated that, right? There's a, a million, there's like a million and one threads that there are there to pull on here, right? The first thread, like Tyler, that you were saying, I was I was very interested. You're like, hey, you know, now Spotify and the whole curation of music and how the Walmartification that actually started with Apple. Right. So Apple used to do this thing where even when you when it was only iTunes store before streaming, they had this thing where it's like they had an artist and they would have a playlist called Deep Cuts and they would have another playlist called Getting Into It. And basically Apple's I don't want to say was the first because Apple's really the first to do something, but Apple made that very mainstream in a way that it hadn't been seen before in the typical digital storefront way. So if I bought a song, say for example, Let's just say Jay-Z, right? Because he's an easy example. Everybody knows who he is. I buy a Jay-Z song from the iTunes store. And Apple then recommends, Apple will then say, hey, you bought this song. You want to check out this artist? So you click on the, his Jay-Z's profile page. This is back in the day in the iTunes store. And they would say, these are deep cuts from Jay-Z. These are this from Jay-Z. And it would guide you and it, cur- and it curate you towards listening to more Jay-Z and telling you which stage of Jay-Z you should be listening to, right? And Spotify, in a lot of ways, and Apple... Current, the current version of Apple and pretty much all the streaming services, right? Title included, kind of copied that model, right? And they they kind of bring you in and they, they change it up to to create like things that are more playlist friendly, things that are like rap, you know, like rap radar and things like that. They expanded upon it, but that was the base model. So in terms of how I feel about Spotify, because I think that was the original question. Number one, streaming is evil. I agree with you. Streaming <laughs> is evil, but it's an evil that we created. Right. Like, again, we were all stealing music like this. And again, it's not like the previous uh, model was great for artists because because, you know, record labels were taking so much off the top anyways. Yeah. But at the same time, we were we were stealing. And I feel like sometimes we we forget that. And we are still stealing in a lot of ways, because if you're like paying point zero, 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 zero something cents for all of the songs in existence, you're still kind of stealing. So I also encourage like you to go like buy buy from the artist directly um buy like you know you can you don't even have to go through Bandcamp if you want a lot of i think we'll get into it today a little bit a lot of the artists sell direct to consumers still um tayo got something to say so i'm gonna let him say it. go ahead no i to- i totally agree with what you're saying about uh about how once again we there is a we almost victim complex on the consumer side about having to about even the thought of having to pay more for music sometimes, uh, or or it's like we broke, we can't afford your music, and it's like well we broke exactly, and, and how quick and how quickly have <laughs> we ha- have we forgotten that it just wasn't always this way, uh, that like there was and even back then we we th- we thought it was inequitable because even though we were paying uh what we thought was an appropriate price up front. Up 85 85% of that money didn't even end up going to the artist. So now we're just in, yeah, we're just in like a new we're in an even more capitalist uh fantasy or nightmare, depending on your side of the economic spectrum, uh of of not 
of the artists have even less autonomy over their work, basically having to be more and more of an entertainer instead of instead of an entrepreneur. And I think that is or rather more of an entrepreneur than an entertainer. Well, that that's kind of what I was going to say about think, now transitioning into like the type of songs that Spotify uh, persuades an artist to make. I think the the biggest thing in your thread that I that I latched onto was this idea that I think going from Apple to Spotify and, and seeing the growth of Spotify and Apple Music, um, even even to what Audio Mac is then of of streaming in general is trying to get better and better at doing the very human task of recommend of recommending music to someone, of of guiding somebody's hand to where to 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 something they would like and. And as with most things in like a market sort of economy situation, that's a very pure motivation at its start. It's it's the thing that when we went to the store, your homeboy at no matter what industry too, like the same thing with movies, you went to a blockbuster RIP uh, and they would be like, hey, look, you know, you like you you like do the right thing. Hey, maybe you might like, you know, this Spike Lee joint or like, oh, maybe you should read uh, or maybe you should watch this John Washington play. Uh, but now they're also at this point the, the economies of skills are so large that they're not concerned with you liking it so much as they're they've now said well we just need you to just be on the app you just yeah we just need you here. on here just pay so yeah. and that's always the, the sneaky thing about that's why I don't like uh, uh, Spotify and Apple as platforms sometimes because it's their job almost to try to create an ecosystem where they can be like, we know exactly what our people want to want to listen to because we have trained, we have Pavlov trained our people to want to listen to things. You gotta but they, they do it because I have gotten put onto such good shit that I would have never learned heard of in my entire life. Do you know what I mean? Like the fact, yeah. like I, I don't know, maybe this has to do with like the artists that I put down, but like I'm, I don't know how you guys like took that question because I was like I thought of it less of like what artist type of artist is on there and like what the algorithm makes rather than like I guess I saw it more as like a consumer like what I have taken from it and also and then it reflecting on the algorithm um do you want me to talk about that or do we want to talk about the other no nah, go ahead spit on okay. that <laughs> I can yeah and then I can say the song that I picked um I put like three different yeah I so I'm just going to talk about like these three that I wrote down and then I'll tell you which one to play. Um, but so I s wrote this one <laughs> called it's a it's an Algerian song from like 1970 something. I know. Right. It's called Écoute moi comrade. I think I don't speak French, but that just means listen to me, comrade. And I was like, OK, never would have heard this before. You know what I mean? And it's lit. It's fantastic. And um, another artist that I put down was Cosmo Pike. He's a British guy. I don't know, maybe, I think how that happened, like the connections was like uh, two years ago, a year and a half ago, I was really into Mild High Club. And I, it was cause I was really into high maintenance. And that show had, um, yeah, shout out North Africa. Um, there were like that show had playlists for each season. And then that was like on the playlist. And then it was on like the, Oh, like the, because maybe it was on my Discover Weekly because I was listening to it that much. And it was just that connection. And now Cosmo Pike is one of my favorite artists. And the song. It didn't, didn't, didn't he used to be in the lane of like car seat headdressed or who am I thinking of? He's who, like that, that like super, that super indie. Um, I can only describe it as like wet folk. I, I, I used to, I used to bump it's it It's good. Too. It's like, I also love like side note 
like British rappers who you can like hear their accent in the song. You know, I'm just like, okay, um, love it. And so you're a grime fan. No. Like, Wait, yeah, you you do like drill though. <laughs> I, I like drill and grime like, music and shit like that. Like me. you like the teapot rap. No, but also you know, digression on the digression. Listen, we some I don't have grime in the playlist. Um, that that I personally made for this episode. That's all on SoundCloud. Um, this section because we're just talking about different streaming platforms. But grime. That's something Spotify mm. put me on because I liked I liked one grime song and then I let the radio their radio functionality is insane because the AI just like knows the the type of why I like <laughs> the way you're song. rolling your eyes uh, right now and, <laughs> you're like right I know Mayron is throwing so much shade he's like you plebs can't believe y'all not out there on the IRC on Reddit but it, it just comes down to a fundamental it comes to a fundamental question of yes the algorithm is good at its job. Right, Spotify and Apple's algorithms is very, very good at its job. Is it good for music and is it good for you as a consumer? Is to be debated, right? I think Spotify in particular does a very good job in recommending you more of the same in a lot of ways, in my opinion, right? They're like, you like, like it can be diverse, like, but they're like, you like this thing. We can bring you along the path of this thing deep into it, right? Like we can get you deep into into grime in, in a certain way. We could get you deep into this subgenre and things like that. And they they attempt to diversify with like their little mixes, right? It's like the six your mixes or seven your mixes, and those those are also a good job. I feel like Joanna keeps trying to say something, but she don't say it. You could just interrupt me. Just just say it. <laughs> no, I'm just. Like, I feel like I'm like. I am the trying to make the case of it has diversified my music in like the sense that like, for example, like I would not have listened to Algerian music before or, or like, it's not like I was listening to Algerian music and then it like, it led me down that hole. And I think that has to do with like the specific feature yeah. of like discover weekly, I think. Cause I, I do think like when you're on a radio, but isn't that like what radios are in general? It's just like, let's go deep into the, stratosphere or also i think because in general my music taste is very diverse and so maybe that's that is my algorithms just literally all over the place but i think it has especially just for myself in like um like internationally i think i've found a lot more artists that i just don't speak the language like now the song that i picked was like a, a french song that from this album that like is brilliant and from that, I became super into like French pop music and like French, just like alternative, whatever the fuck it is. But I don't know. Uh, I think it, maybe because also it does, it's like no, crosses borders. I don't know. It, but it, everything. It, it, music it doesn't have borders. Point, the algorithm does a good job. It keeps you interested. keeps you listening. For some, for some people, that's a great thing. And for sometimes it does a, a really good job. I am on the side of. I like my music hand to hand, right? Like that's one of the big advantages of like a SoundCloud or an audio Mac or like, you know, just being outside, et cetera, is like you get your music hand to hand and it's, it's, it's curated in a very different way has a very different feel. But with that said, the big advantage in my opinion of Spotify and Apple is you don't have to do any work is there for you. You don't have to look for it. You can just turn it on and you can play it. And that's real. it's a big positive because most people don't want to have to do any work for their music, right? Music is a act of leisure for them. Like listening to music is an act of leisure for them. It's an act of enjoyment. It's an it's an act of relaxation. And more power to people for that because they should have that, right? I just feel like there's something really cool about the opposite as well, 
about like really working for your music and finding it and figuring out where it is. I agree. I, I would say it's almost necessary, I think, both to a, a consumer of music and then that's how also like we propel the music ecosystem forward, right? Um, but I also think I it sucks to... for artists, right? Not just on the patient. Well, no, well, yeah, on, on Spotify side. Yeah, yeah. You and not just on the patient, but also like you're a musician. You put out an album. You some A lot of people put out an album as a thought, like as an idea. Spotify, because of its super hyper playlist culture, it chops those thoughts up. It chops the ideas up and it puts them and it inserts them places that they should or shouldn't be. It takes them and messes them up out of order. People will never listen to your album, but people will listen to your single all day. Like, or people will listen to this one song. It's really, in my opinion, hard to get to deep cuts of an artist on Spotify in a lot of ways, unless you choose to consciously go click and save their album, which some people do. Like, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm just saying if you're just being a passive listener, which is a lot of what is being described here, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like I'm not, people call me elitist, but I'm not actually elitist. I don't care how people listen to music. As long as people are enjoying their shit, they should be happy, right? Because that's that's what music ultimately for a lot of people is for. But if you really want to appreciate like the artist's thought or the, the work the artist put in, it's really hard to do that if you're chopping up their ideas and putting in playlists and only listening to certain songs and just relying on the algorithm to figure out what you want, as opposed to figuring out what you want for yourself. I think it's amazing that, that you, that you bring that up because it's almost, it's equally interesting to see what artists like myself have had to do in order to respond back to what Spotify does, because that's a very interesting point that you bring up about, you know, the devaluation of the album. And and people have talked about that. It's a very hotly, it's a very, it's a hot take in, in some arenas. Cause I think some people would be like, if you go back to funk, it's not like they were making albums. It were just like five fire, like long cuts, but I agree. But I, as a musician, I agree with the idea that it's yeah, very hard funk to get was made for, for outside. Right? Exactly. It was made for the club. Like Spotify, this- Spotify wants everything to feel. That's why they shuffle. That's why they do the playlist. They want you to just enjoy the music. Almost all Spotify playlists by their nature are made for you to be doing something, washing the dishes at the gym, uh, like wake and bake or rise and shine or whatever they call it. Um, so what I want to do right now is play a song that I chose that really exemplified Spotify for me, which actually comes from a, from a mid-major act, Rayami, uh, and it, it highlights this interesting thing that I see done now more and more in indie songs with the two-in-one, the idea of, like, having one song and then about halfway through or maybe, like, as an outro, just completely flipping it to a different song with a different outlet, like, as an outro, but you're like, no, this is a different song, and I, and I'll talk about why I think that's interesting. Daddy, cause he blowing up my phone. I don't need his money, bitch. I get it on my own. I don't need to flex, so honey, they already know. Don't be mad at me, cause they keep begging me for more. Bang it up, bang it up, pick it up, hit it up, on to the next one, give it up. Hop on top, then I drop you off, then I boom, boom, quick enough. And I do say sorry, sorry.
Okay. So that was that was Ray Ami's snow cone, and as you, as as I mentioned before, you can see that you can see the two song in one approach, uh, and uh, I think it represents a lot of things both our short attention span, how much we like novelty in our music. But I also think it's interesting to view it as a lens of the artist, how I see it as, as an artist, of a, just a really efficient way of telling someone who might only listen to your song once because it's just in a playlist that's been algorithm, algorithmically fed to them that, hey, wait, I have more than one flavor. Because with an, like back, because, you know, it used to be you could get a couple shots with an album or a couple shots with an EP or if people are searching for music. They're more likely to give you more chances. But when you only get the one song that will be probably the song that blows you up, uh, which is always a chance when you use a viral platform like an Apple music or a Spotify, you, I feel like there's now in the indie scenes that I follow, especially in the R and B in the hip hop uh, lo-fi communities, there's this, a uh, bigger priori- prioritization on like, can I make sure I get as many sounds in here as possible so people know I have the range uh, instead of fully fleshing out, fully fleshing out like this idea snow going into two songs. It's just one, two half ideas. Is it? It's a, it's a marketing tactic. It, but that's the ah. same thing as a trick. Like not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Like that's not like oh this is this is like some kind of like diss. Yeah, that's what you. Yeah, that's do, what I mean. Right? Yeah. For the exact reasons you just put out, like it's not a like it's not a diss, but there's a bunch of different types of songs, right? Like, what are you gonna say, Joanna? My bad. No, I was just gonna like I know what you mean by that. I think it's just all like very much a reflection of the way that the industry and like the people consume things because like you're saying like what when you said like you know just the chance that it might blow up or something. I think that's like a very reflective of just like how, because there's so much is also the thing with streaming, like, you know, because you don't need a record label to put something out. And that has, that goes across for like SoundCloud and everything because there's so many platforms, there's so much there. So it is just like, and I feel like what you're saying with Spotify is there's like this influx of just like people putting shit there and you want to make sure that it sounds different. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to push I know. I, first of all, I agree with you, right? Everyone's trying to do something to stand out, but I disagree with you on one point. Like, spot back to the Walmartification of music. Spotify and Apple, like, you need a record label to pop on there now. Like, I feel like five years ago, what you're saying is 100 percent right. Like, yeah, you don't need a record label. You just put your shit up there. It's great. I feel like you can still do that on SoundCloud and AudioMac and some of the other platforms, but Spotify and Apple have like so many exclusive deals to push people with record labels to the front page and to the playlist. And it's all pay to play now. And that's what kind of like pisses me off a little bit about them. Now I'm getting on my soapbox. I apologize. Uh, no, we, we, I, I heard the bass come out of your voice with that point. You felt it strongly. And not, and I, I totally agree, but I will say that Spotify's playlisting, um, uh, playlisting portal that like every artist who's on Spotify has a chance to have their song picked to be on a playlist. Still, it's not, it's, it's, it's like our democracy. It's not great, but it's better than nothing. <laughs> it, um, it's something, but it's like, there's a lot of pay to play on both those platforms ex- yeah, exactly. about who gets to what. And there's a lot of not even just pay to play. Cause if it was just pay to play, it's, it's fine. Hey, pay me this much. I'll put you on front. That's fine because everybody money folds the same, right? There's also a lot of relationship play where it's kind of like, Hey, you know, the same guy that's running YouTube music used to be the vice president of Atlantic and the same guy that's running Spotify music in the States used to also be the vice president or something from Columbia. Like it's very, 
it's very like ugh y'all all know each other yeah, yeah. y'all all know each oh. other y'all fuck with each other that's why record like record labels like rca like you know like with their like you know they signed khalid and all them right like back in the like back a couple years ago they pretended mm. like they were all independent but meanwhile rca is pumping all this money into into these into like I'm I'm picking on Khalid here, but like he's just an easy. No, example. no, but I I, t- I totally know what you mean. Yeah, they, yeah, there was the whole summer RCA was just like yeah, pumping money into them, yeah. and all of a sudden somehow they magically got to the front pages of all these different, uh, different different streaming platforms. But I completely agree with Joanna about just the sheer volume of music coming out and the need to differentiate yourself because of the sheer volume. Because it's there's so many opportunities and so many places to put your music out there. I just take particular issue with Spotify, which I know pays. I know playlisters, people who make playlists, they get paid by people to do that shit. And I'm just like, this seems a little off Nepotism. with what you're presenting. But at the yeah. same time, I guess that's how the game goes, right? At the at the end of the day, it just simply reminds me that the AR is dead. Um, and we're gonna have to we might have to find something something new. I say the AR is dead is like as being a paid AR. But I think the next platform, the next two platforms we're going to talk about kind of show kind of show my proof in the fact that I think we're all A&Rs on this platform, the way that people look at them, which which is SoundCloud and AudioMac. And I know, I know before we move has on. plenty of... But before we move on, though, because I know Joanna was talking about the diversification in music and how it, it sort of it spread shit out for her. And she had a particular song and I wanted to hear the song, which is... A... <laughs> uh, sure, yeah. No, yeah, we can um, play this I can just give a, a little intro to it and we can cut it in or out of the episode. But it's this guy, Flavian Berger. He's a French guy. Uh, uh, he, on YouTube, the internet says he's a film score composer. I don't know. But um, he does like electronic music. And this album actually became one of my favorite albums. And maybe I am different than the normal Spotify user because I did listen to that whole album after one of the songs came on. And it's like one of my favorites. And it's called contretemps I don't know um and the song I picked was brutalisme and I yeah it's good it's also such a well-produced album like if you listen to it start to finish with like some good here like um headphones it's a good one well done So the next the next platform that I want to talk about 
uh, in contrast to sort of the clean cleanliness or uh, sort of deterministic nature of the big players, the Spotify and Apple, you know, take it back to the the, the platform of, of the little guy, the platform of the of the of the undiscovered gem. You know, the playground that I'm not gonna lie, I haven't been back to in a while. And the I did episode really came from me hanging out with Mayron and him reminding me that if I ever think music is stale, it means I'm just not on SoundCloud anymore. Like I'm just I'm just I'm just not digging. Um, and so I, I actually want to start this conversation off with you, Mayron, about what do you feel Spotify and 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 to its sort of like little brothers or adjacent competitors extent Audio Mac, what is their role in the in the music ecosystem, especially on the on the creation side, but also at, since you, since you're such an avid lis- listener, why do you enjoy those those platforms? So those are two interesting questions, right? And they're like they're almost divergent. Um, but SoundCloud's role, I feel like, is the ability for any 16 year old to go into his you know his room and record something on their shitty mic and just press upload and have it upload to soundcloud right like that is that is the novelty of more than anything of of SoundCloud. you sounding like a trash bag record like mixed in a <laughs> exactly. garbage can and you know and it's it's evolved way past that right there's there's a bunch more that it does like soundcloud gave us selection right it gave us a whole arguably like a whole genre of music in in, in what selection does like our whole subgenre rather and, and and soundcloud gave us a bunch of a whole generation of artists, like a whole era that that I think a lot of people really enjoyed. Now, why I enjoy using it does have some crossover with this, right? Why I enjoy using it is because you get your music by hand, right? The way you interact with SoundCloud is like they do have a couple curated playlists and streams and stuff, which are a little newer. But traditionally, you know, you go, it's a very simple layout. You follow people, right? So you follow artists. You can follow artists on Spotify too, but it's a little different, right? You follow artists and there's this just stream of, there's just this homepage, right? It's just a feed and you just press play on that feed. And then whatever artist has posted in chronological order over the, the past couple days will just play. And it, it allows you to repost, right? So if I like something, say Tile, you know, puts up a song that I really like. And I'm just like, I really like this song. I'm going to like it and then I'm going to repost it. It pops up in my feed for anyone that follows me. So if Joanna doesn't know Tile, say in this weird hypothetical scenario, but she knows me, which is the opposite of what's true, but let's just say it happened. And she happened to follow me on SoundCloud and I press repost on Tile's music. She'd be like, huh, as she's going through her feed, who is this guy? Well, Mayron reposted him. I like Mayron. Mayron has generally a decent music taste. Let me click on his stuff. All right. I go to his page. I see he's from, you know, I see he's from Baltimore. All right, cool. I like people from Baltimore. I see he has an album. I can press play on this. And I, if I like it, I can then repost it and I can follow him. And then all of a sudden, all of Joanna's followers see Tayo as well. And I think that that part of it is what I really like. The ability to repost and post and the ability of me to find people that I like and that I trust and to listen to what they've posted, right? And one of the cool things is, is it really as like for artists, I think it's it was, and it still is kind of a cool place you would have famous people just reposting shit to their SoundCloud that they like. Like Denzel Curry still does it all the time, right? He just hits repost on everything that he likes. Um, Sid from the internet used to do it all the time. Like all these like people that you really like as artists have a very good avenue for them to just repost shit 
that they like and for you to find their homies and their people that they like as well. And that's the one of the coolest parts of SoundCloud. Like that's its biggest selling. It's a very part. like homegrown or like grassroots grassroots quality of getting recognition for your art on that platform, right? Yeah, Agreed. and I, I I agree with almost every yeah I agree with everything that that you said, especially with the way that you sort of um, retell it makes it sound so romantic in contrast to <laughs> Spotify and Apple. It's like man, I remember when like you could just put on music. And somebody and you always get it in chronological order. That that's when that's when I stopped. I was like, wow, man, imagine getting the music when they put it out in the order they put it out as <sighs> ancient days. And I can repost a song you know? or a whole album. And if I'm just losing my stream, like let's say I'm pa- listening passively, like if I repost a whole album, it'll go through your whole album as I'm listening. Yeah. Right? Unless I press skip or whatever, it'll go through your whole album by default. So if so if I fuck with your whole album and I repost your whole album. There's a chance that whoever's listening from my feed is listening to your whole album, which I really yeah. like. And there's disadvantages of this. Like, SoundCloud sucks in that it barely pays anything. But that's because it doesn't cost anything to a certain extent either, right? It's the cheapest in terms to put music up. Being a pro member is pretty inexpensive, yada, yada, yada. And there's the, the level of discovery is purely dependent on the community that you've built. And again, there's all these exceptions because SoundCloud is now much bigger than it once was. So I am idealizing a little bit, right? I'm not saying you can go on SoundCloud today and just, you know, become famous like that. But it, there was a lane and there is a way to do that. And AudioMac is a lot of the same thing, right? It's a lot of that same idea, but a little cleaner, a little nicer. Um, and AudioMac, for those who are interested, still lets you upload a little more than SoundCloud does for free. Yes, yeah. So you can there's a, there's a lot more free hosting. Uh, AudioMac is actually a lot nicer a ni- nicer to artists. Uh, I because they're mm-hmm. just newer. Uh, I think they're because they're in partnership with the people that did D- DJ Booth, uh, who who has been a champion yes. of of indie indie artists like from time. Uh, I just think like SoundCloud just has from the time factor much more gems because that's when I think about SoundCloud, I really do think about gems because especially when you think about especially in, in hip hop or the the music that that I listen to, hip hop, future funk, producer type music, SoundCloud's like that haven because it does it doesn't pay well and it doesn't pay you, so we don't have a, a huge social contract or contract at all as far as Creative Commons or or, or using things. So when you think your sampling, sampling is okay, is okay here. everywhere. So, or or, not, or, or yeah. everywhere on this platform. So you'll get like really, really interesting flips, really cool remixes, just like songs that couldn't exist on Spotify. All this yeah, selection yeah, shit. That's why the reason you don't get selection shows outside of the Apple Beats one or the YouTube or because it's hard. It's hard to clear all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it remind it reminds me. Uh, and really when I go down, when I when I get lost in a rabbit hole of some of my, my old favorite songs, I think like my peak SoundCloud era was like 2016, 2018, like towards the end of the Soul Election um, era uh, when Chance is like really, really picking up and stuff. But like that's when I was into like everything though, right? So I'm like listening to uh, a person that I might play later in the show, brilliant. Like the producers there were just going wild because it it it, it took it took the part of Tumblr that was like sharing your favorite song and just made it that it just made it that, that whole aesthetic. That's a great yeah. way to describe it. It is, it is, it is a, a child. Of yeah. Tumblr and of I, ways, right? I wonder like, often, I wonder often shit. why it went away. Uh, and I think it's, I think it goes down to at the, at the end of the day, something I, I often have times coming to terms with is that like, well, everybody doesn't listen to music or care about music the same way that I do. And, 
It's also just not yeah, it's not yeah, it's not profitable style. because most people most people just want to be. <laughs> Most people see his music as a leisurely thing. Like, yo, I don't care what you really play. Just, like, don't fuck up my vibe and, like, allow me to, like, keep reading my book or, like, you know, like, hitting this J. Well, it goes back to the points we were making earlier, right? And it's sort of, like, how you listen to music and how you consume music. SoundCloud is very much for people who want to actively consume, right? Who want to actively curate and who want to, like, bring music to them. And there's... It's not just for artists because this is true of the today's consumer as well. I feel like today's consumer is not typically as passive either, right? Like people who really who really like music, they're not as passive anymore. Because on the internet, I feel like there's this weird thing where you know, you get to a point, right, where you're you're listening, you're doing something passively, anything. And then there's like a corner that you turn where all of a sudden like you join the subreddit or you you join the forum and all of a sudden like you're you're called to action and when you're called to action you start doing shit with it and soundcloud is where you do shit with mm, the music yeah. you know what i'm saying and i also want to say as, as we're, if we're talking about really quickly if we're talking about um the weird way we identify with our music sometimes is also what you said about denzel curry and said about how back in the day like you would just it gave artists kind of like what we thought clubhouse was going to do i guess but didn't really it gave uh individual artists autonomy over saying like i i approve of this like this is what i'm listening to here are my tastes that was able to then go out to a larger audience of larger built-in audience because it really is a an authentic suggestion from a friend and i wonder sometimes if something about the the value proposition of the influencer market made it difficult to to for that to keep happening because oh it yeah because now you understand how, how valuable it was because yeah it made it impossible and that's why so many famous artists had to scrub their soundcloud pages is because also if you gave the, the props to the wrong person say that person had done something bad or say like you know you know whatever situation had happened between you and that person later on you couldn't be seen giving props to them that's what a repost was mm. in a lot of ways one of the beautiful things about spillage village right so shout out to jade earth gang and all them is they never, and Jordan Bryant from Baltimore, they never erased their likes on SoundCloud. So you can still go to Jordan Bryant's page, you can still go to Spill the Village page, you can find out what they like. And the, the likes are a whole other section of SoundCloud where you just like, you know, you heart something, it saves it to your profile. And now, like, back in the day, it was another avenue for, like, figuring out what an artist liked and what an artist endorsed and what an artist was actually listening to. But you can't find that in a lot of ways because what you're saying, the value proposition is just too great of the of the influencer sort of, like, economy. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, so, one, so, one song I saw on Mayron's list was the was anything from L.A. Van Gogh, who you put me on recently. Yeah. Can, you, can you talk a little about talk a little bit about L.A. Van Gogh? Ellie Van Gogh's dope. Uh, <laughs> like, hmm, can I talk about? No, him? yeah, just, just like Jeez. how, like, how'd you find him through SoundCloud? What's it sound like? Um, because I want, I went to play one song of his for just showing for our SoundCloud portion. So I think I'm, I, I want to say I found Ellie Van Gogh probably through Selection. Uh, one of the really interesting things about about SoundCloud is like. There are these producers, which you've already pointed out, right? Like it's a, produ a producer's platform. So there's Wanter, there's these like super producers, you know, Black Gold, all these people who, who work with all of these rappers and they all just post shit 
all day, right? Because they it's their that's their production track. They're not like a rapper whose job is to kind of be elusive in today's day and age to a certain extent. Producer's job is to like get out there as much as possible to try and get people to buy their beats, right? They're 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 at a selling store. So with LA Van Gogh, I'm pretty sure he worked with one of these super producers. I heard his song Wants and Needs, and I was like, this is really, really good. I really enjoy this person. And all it took was for me to follow him on SoundCloud, tweet out this tweet out the 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 link, and he follows me back on Twitter because I tweeted out this link. And, and SoundCloud artists are always looking for mentions of them through that through that hashtag. And we've been following each other ever since, and he's just been releasing music that's been consistently good over and over and over again. He's one of those like melodic rappers to a certain extent, but what I enjoy about his melodic rap is it's very pragmatic. And I think if you if you like if you like hear him rap, you'll understand it. Go ahead, play whatever All right, song yeah, you I want. Yeah, I want to. I agree with your assessment, and I'm going to choose to play Blue Hyundai. Blue, yeah, Hyundai. Ah, Blue yeah, Hyundai. yeah. yeah. Blue Hyundai by uh, L.A. Mango. <laughs> not a Lexus, not a right, Lexus, but, uh, but Hyundai. Yo, for for the real people, you know, we all don't want an AMG. We all not waiting outside an AMG. Some of us just want a Mini. Some of us, some of us are really good with the Chrysler 300C. But now I'm getting too niche. Thanks. That was a bop. Thanks for putting me on. Um, yeah, <laughs> my relationship to SoundCloud is quite different. That's why I was just sitting here listening because I feel like I always associate SoundCloud to white boy rappers because like that is just like what I associate SoundCloud with. It's just like white boys rapping and being like, woohoo. And it's like kind of bad, even though I have heard really great people on SoundCloud. And I feel like this kind of goes into the next platform that we're going to talk about. But a lot of what SoundCloud is for me is also just like listening to my friends and like when they post it, like I have so many friends who are musicians and like incredibly talented musicians. And I'm always, I'm going to listen to their music in whichever way that they do it. And I have this one friend, Yoshi, who one of his, his like first EP is only on SoundCloud. So if I want to listen to it, I have to go on SoundCloud. So like whenever I'm on SoundCloud, it's mostly to listen to that one album. Um, and that kind of leads us into Bandcamp, which personally I use as well to listen to like all of my homies and like buy their music and like in that way and support them. And because again, like I have incredibly talented friends. Yeah, yeah, literally. Bandcamp Friday is legendary. Oh my um, god! I can give a little intro on the song that I wanted to play, and then we can play it, and then you guys can talk about Bandcamp. How do you want to do it? Cause it's kind of it's my friends uh, and they're great. Go ahead, shout your yeah. So this is Cisco Swank and Yoshi T. They came out with this song uh, maybe like a month ago. I don't know, but 
they put it out on Bandcamp. It's only on Bandcamp. And I really, again, listen to my friends and people that I know on Bandcamp because it's not really, I mean, maybe it is a more interactive site where you can like repost and do, I don't, maybe I just like, I don't know it. It's, it's, it's not. set up not to be that actually. It's set up exactly it's set up not to, to be, be a like storefront. That. Yeah. Okay. So the more, you know, so here is, what is it talking about? Let me get the name of the song. Um, Hmm. Where is it? Oh yeah, talking about Cisco Swank, Yoshi T. Shout out you guys, I love you. You're wonderful. Right. So rest in peace. Yep. But um, Nipsey sold directly from his website. 
and then there's a whole genre of like underground rap that does this right so um like your old drew who has stuff on spotify and things like that um makami who has very limited amounts of music outside of of, of direct hand-to-hand sales um out there and it's kind of like there's this burgeoning rap scene of like you said, older rappers to a certain extent who use Bandcamp very much like a store. And some of them only use Bandcamp because they see the jig, right? But it's not just older rappers. Like, So there was a collective of Baltimore rappers, shouts to Miss Cam and uh, I think Tia Lee and a couple other people from Baltimore who for some time last year were also pushing Bandcamp really heavy because they realized real fast like we can make a lot more money, like real money directly from selling our music here in in ways that we couldn't on on the streaming platforms um i think most artists realize you need something on streaming so they'll throw something on there but there's so many artists whose entire catalog you can buy digitally on bandcamp which i appreciate so much like if i really fuck with you i can just go buy all your music um like for like 45 dollars, all of it it's all mine now and it's pretty cool right i've given you that 45 dollars. and and to your point about merch I don't, artists don't need a merch store when they use Bandcamp. And then one of the things we mentioned, I think, off Lax was Bandcamp Fridays. It's one of the most important things and tools for like struggling artists, I think, out there right now, right? Because you can get real money, like all the money will come to you. And so the way I use Bandcamp in particular is like, all right, I found something on SoundCloud I really like, but the artist hasn't posted something to there in years, right? I go to their Spotify and I see they only have like a couple songs. I'm like, where does this person live? Because I know this person was way too talented to just stop making like music. Generally, they're on Bandcamp, right? So like there's this guy, uh, Cavalier, who has, or, and you know, live, right? You know, L-I-V dot E. Yeah, they used to only post to Bandcamp for a while. And like, I was like, oh, I found them on SoundCloud. I'm like, where did, where did they go? And I'm like, they have a whole album on Bandcamp. I should have just... I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When I really think about it, when we really put, put, put down the benefits to artists from Bandcamp to Spotify, the, the only difference between why we're living in a world where Bandcamp isn't the most famous platform is... And this is going to be a hot take, but it is self-confidence self-confidence in artistry when compared to like how how we in, pu- in public think about music and i've talked about this with, with, with a couple of my friends a lot about the fact that a lot of us though we love music so immensely as we as we make it treat ourselves and we don't treat ourselves like sculptors we don't like we don't see the art we make as something that like has intrinsic value. We, say, we made something yeah, yeah, like, like because that's how we consume it, right? For better, for worse. I don't think we even mean to do that, but, like, songs are shorter. Fast than food, fast movies, fashion, than all that arts. shit, right? It's the same thing. You know, so so we don't think that, we don't think it should be, we think the fact that I get my music for free is just kind of normal. It's like, fine, that means I just have to market it harder for you to want to pay something else for music. But Bandcamp, Bandcamp's doing the thing that we all want. It's like, there you are, especially uh, to, to speak to your point about Bandcamp Fridays. As, a, as an independent artist, the... Uh, the first time that I did Bandcamp Friday was the first time I ever made over fifty dollars on my music in it's one crazy, day, right? And I and I got and I got all that money back. Now think about how much how much yeah. it would cost me on Apple Music or Spotify to make fifty dollars. The most I've ever made from and people don't talk about this enough. Even the indie artists, because I think if we started putting those real numbers out there, people would understand the joke. But it's like even as a even as an indie artist, when I got one of my songs playlisted that that rose it to to eighteen thousand views, I think I made. 
eleven dollars that it's at the, wild, at the right? end of that quarter. Like eleven dollars for like four yeah. months of the of music being up there, you got over ten thousand views. Like it's crazy. And when like if I put that on, on mm-hmm. Bandcamp, I'd make and so triple that. A, a big section of underground rap has understood this. So the like one of the godfathers of this is a rapper named Rock Marcy. And that that whole genre, that whole subgenre of rap is an acquired taste to a certain extent. Like really New York people love it, like old heads love it, et cetera, et cetera. But point being is they they understood selling hand to hand in a way that no one else really did. And so like Rock Marcy, again, the Mac Hamis of the world, this whole subgenre sells their albums for like 40 bucks. Like they, they, they'll sell their album for $40 on their website, which is just wild when you compare it to like Spotify getting 0. 0.00001 cents. They sell that. So, yes, yes, exactly. That's so cocaine to your uncle type. Exactly what that is. That Griselda yeah. type? All right. Yeah, the precursors to Griselda in a lot of ways. And you know what's interesting <laughs> is like, no matter which which lane you choose, you'll get somewhere, right? If you're, if you're on Spotify, if you're on Bandcamp, if you're on whatever, most people cast a wide net and they just yeah. do all of it. I personally think, and this is kind of like a, a like a weird way for 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 me to say this, but I personally think the the model of put your put your best out on streaming services just a little bit, and then put your deep cuts on 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 Bandcamp is something that I've seen be very very successful, right? Because it's convinced me to buy music, where I'm like, oh, you had a couple good mm-hmm. really good songs on 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 SoundCloud, and you had a couple really good songs on Spotify. I really want more of you. The only way to get more of you is to pay you. I'm gonna pay you. <laughs> That's just my opinion as a consumer who who does this. No, yeah. yeah, I agree. I there's a singer Andrew Bird who he's like very indie, like plays the violin and sings and all these things. And he came out with an album that was only on Bandcamp, and I was like, obviously I'm gonna buy it. What am I gonna do? Not listen? You know, I had that, <laughs> that same exact thing. I was like, I need to listen yeah. to this. I need it. So. No, yeah, I feel that. And then producers like um, like Knowledge also sort of. Uh, leverage that a lot he because hey he he yeah he spams and like he won't put it up <laughs> on streaming he'll wait like months to put it on streaming so the only time you can hear it is like either uh in person during his his live twitch streams uh or like when he just randomly drops like video game music part five and then it's like 20 songs full of like just, just like these crazy beats that are then also like you and thing about Bandcamp, which is something I come back to a lot, is that, you know, they could be more user-friendly, but I think to, to, to what uh, Mayron has said is like, I guess it's not really the point. I yell about uh, this all I the time. Like, I'm it, like an old man yelling at a cloud about, about, about Bandcamp and its usability, and no one hears me because and, until I learn that, like, they don't care. <laughs> yeah. And I think that keeps their costs yeah. down, too. Like, we never think about that. Yeah, it's like, you know, they're, like, th- right, and, like, they're giving us money. This is a thing that I think we're, you know, because by being an artist you're usually away from the money anyway uh but i get the more and more the middle class musician kind of grows up i start realizing like yeah a lot of the things that i be wanting to be costing money and if i want them to give me money they can't be doing things that cost more money uh and it it, it puts us in like some positions sometimes but i i i love what i love the ecosystem of band camp i feel like i get the the unpredictability of a SoundCloud, but because like people treat it like a real record store, I get a lot of times the polish of uh like radio ready music, radio ready music, or, like release, release well. ready music. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it sounds good. I don't like that. That's how I really want to say yeah. it's mixed well. Uh, like it's good music, but like it sounds good for a free platform. 
Uh, so I, I like it a lot. If people are are wanting to, I really do encourage everybody to like download Bandcamp. Like it's free to download. I think getting into the music if you're if you're ever in a rut um on 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 my end like i would suggest listening listening to, to april and vista uh listening to knowledge listening to honestly putting in just like the weirdest genre sometimes like i listen to a lot of my ambient music um when i went through like this ambient music production phase through Bandcamp. and listen I, can i tell you they were bangers not like officially i'd love to find out i'd love to find like. out but look i was in the bone i was in the zone it's all it's all about the the artifacts <laughs> You got to have like the wind just coming at the right frequency. Uh, but yes, closing, closing, closing thoughts on, on, on Bandcamp. Thanks, Bandcamp. Oh, like, anything? Okay. <laughs> thanks. Thank you, Bandcamp. Hi, hi. Thank, thank you. You can ben. buy your shit on Bandcamp oh. right now. You got the, the, the quarter flip freestyle up there. You got Connie, Life is Great, and a couple other releases up there. Why, why are you looking at my Bandcamp right Say now? It, it's up there. Uh, it, it 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 is up there, um, and, and you guys could could pay pay for what you want. Also, they have a pay for what you want feature. Listen, Bandcamp is truly the future, and the re- and what which frustrates me. The last thing I'll say about it is that it's so much the future that you can tell it's like socialism. It's like you can tell us the right way to go, but because of that, that's why the country just isn't going anywhere near down that. But the lane. thing is, Bandcamp oh, is thriving. Being- I don't know why. Like to a certain extent, it's. People use it, but it should be thriving more. I don't think I don't think it like, works it should be on a larger scale. That this is my hot take about Bandcamp, right? It 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 works. Okay, it, it works at the level it's at. The minute record labels start getting involved, the minute big money starts getting involved, it's going to become very very hard, right? The Bandcamp mm-hmm. and SoundCloud previously, like back in the day, to a certain extent, allowed you to bypass a lot of the traditional systems, right? The traditional systems of the record label and the way they work and the pay-to-play model is essentially what ruined Spotify and Apple. Keeping that, keeping Bandcamp smallish to a certain extent, allowing it to grow gradually and allowing it to keep its own footing, I think keeps it not necessarily pure because purity is stupid, right? I don't understand the concept of purity when it comes to selling and buying things anyways, but it allows it to be clean right? Let's just say clean as possible and transparent as possible. Right now, you know what's happening. The minute big money gets involved is the minute we as consumers lose all transparency into what's happening. So I think the size of what it's at and the way it works right now is working. Is it tweaks better? But like, I, I think so. But I don't know how. I also fast think it's very much it. like for the artist. I don't know. Like it's like you said, it's very specific people who are using it and who are utilizing it and it's like it's for like you have to go and look for it and it's for those people who like want to consume it in that way and want to and want to find that music and are going the extra mile to look for that album that they can't find so I feel like I agree because once all the once it's like the industry then it everything gets kind of fucked up no yeah I totally I totally agree with that it's yeah the more money comes more money more problems in that more more money more problems end the show I'm, send tweet yeah rest in peace biggie um that that biggie doc was great by the way the one the most recent one on netflix anyways one more thing i'm gonna add Bandcamp has a really cool feature when i follow an artist it yes. allows me to sign up for their email list nice right and so anytime that artist releases something it shoots me an email right or it also gives me mm. a weekly digest of like hey these are your favorite artists this is what they released and so what I really appreciate about that is, especially in a world where you 
as I've gotten older, I've gotten busier. I'm not like the same 21 year old, uh, like who had a bunch of time, right? Like where I'm like, ah, I'm cool. I'm going to spend like three hours just looking through music. It's great to have that feeling of like, all right, cool. I know exactly what came out and when it came out and who put it out. And I can go to their shit, right? I know Spotify has their Friday release radar and all this other stuff. But again, that's all politics because if you pay to play, that's how you get to release radar. That's how you get to a Friday release. Even if you follow artists, sometimes you might not always see their shit. With Bandcamp, because I'm signing up for your email list, when you upload something, I'm getting that email. <laughs> Just something something nice that I like. So we've come to the end of our episode of on streaming services. Uh, I want to thank Mayron so much for having this conversation with us uh, and, and wanted to hear like any other any other thoughts you had. Yeah, so I got a lot of thoughts. Um, basically, this, this episode could go for three hours, but it won't. Hopefully, I'm breaking fast in like 20 minutes, so I'm really excited for that. But uh, bes- beside the point, the thing is, when it comes to like streaming and the music industry, this is this conversation by no means is comprehensive in any way, shape, or form. We have forgotten a million things, and I'm sure there's a million people who are like, wow, that dude's an idiot. He forgot this, this, and this. I know. I know. Me too, right? <laughs> but... The, the thing I do want to say is that streaming is both good and bad in a lot of ways. Like we said, it's stealing from artists, but we were already doing that to a certain extent. It's allowing for a certain level of democratization in music, which is always exciting, right? I think how we as consumers and how artists sort of like orient themselves within the next couple years is going to be very, very important for how music gets viewed in the next hundred. Because... What's what's happening is, in my opinion, is like we go in cycles, right? We're going to come back to valuing music at some point. We're going to come back to this being a commodity at some point. Just like with streaming and TV services, we're rebuilding cable TV from the ground up because you're paying $5 for Netflix, $5 for Hulu, $5 for this, $5 for that. All of a sudden, you're back at that $60 cable bill that you cut the cord for, right? And so in a lot of ways, I expect that to happen with music slowly but surely. I'm not sure how, what that's going to look like. I'm not sure how that's going to happen, but it's going to happen. People are going to snake their way back in. Record labels are trying to snake their way back in. As consumers, I think it's really important that like we do support things like Bandcamp or things like SoundCloud or AudioMac or places where you think you feel that shit is more comfortable for the artist and more comfortable for you and more honest. And it's important to understand that like you're not entitled to everything. Like You're not entitled to all creation of music ever. <laughs> And it's okay that you kind of have to work a little for that, right? We didn't really Don't hit on YouTube. Don't let the stands hear you. Don't let the stands hear you. Yeah, I know. We didn't really hit on YouTube, but YouTube's really important in all this because YouTube is honestly the combination of all these things into one, which is crazy, right? YouTube has the catalog of any of these places. YouTube has the access of any of these places, but YouTube also has things like the join and sub the join button and the uh, the Patreon links, which allow you to pay artists directly. So YouTube is very, very interesting in that it's this weird kind of mishmash of every single streaming service and like hand over, you know, hand over hand service out there. And that's something probably to think about for another episode when you guys come back to whatever thoughts you have. But that's all, that's all I got. We will. Can, can, can you come back through if we if we if we want to do another episode on streaming? If I'm wanted, I will, I will return. I, you already know you're wanted. This was an amazing conversation. Thank you so much for, for spending time with us and, and having this 
thank you for having me. Yeah, I thank you for having me. I really appreciate also, it. Also, thank you for yeah, thank you for being here. I learned so much. You guys are reclaiming SoundCloud for me. I'm gonna go now, like back onto my listen. SoundCloud, SoundCloud and, like, never dies. Not just think of white boy rappers <laughs> and um, be like, no, yes, it's okay, yes. Joanna. Well, um, as I said, thank you, thank you guys so <laughs> well, much. Well, let's see. This has been I made you a mixtape. As always, uh, most of the music that we've played here today will be somewhere in the in the show notes. Uh, I even made you guys a little extra special playlist just based off, uh, based off of my own SoundCloud listening to give a, a, a different flavor than our usual Spotify one. So I encourage you guys to listen to that, to pay your artist, uh, and to keep thinking about music critically. I want to send us off uh, with this episode with a with a Bandcamp song uh, from one of my favorite producers, Knowledge. It's called Don't Tell Nobody. Don't tell nobody.